so I actually did this once when I was about 20. Um, Sitting down and sharing your... Yeah, just like this. Yeah. Only it was by radio. Oh, really? Oh, radio. Mm -hmm. Well, of course. The radio. Yeah, Yeah, of course. You've got a great voice for radio, Jerry. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I have no idea. I think you'd be okay. Yeah. I could was that harsh? I, that doesn't, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't trying to be harsh. At least, he didn't, oh, say, no. at least he didn't say you have a face for radio. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, there's those people, too. <laughs> that's you and me, Blake. <laughs> we got faces for radio. Yeah, anyway, it was a radio, but unfortunately was live. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. So they couldn't edit parts out? Well, we didn't tell you this was live. Yeah. Say hello to the two million listeners across the globe. Yeah. And that's why. Okay, hello. How's it going? Proto Evangelum Podcast, episode number seven. Are we at seven? I think we're at seven. Mm-hmm. If okay. we're not, yeah, I don't know. You'll no, have to. I think know. it is seven. I think it is seven too. But uh, Jerry Colson today. Yep. Looking forward to it. You know, I was thinking about Jerry. He. I don't even know if he remembers this. Maybe he can let me know. Um, I go back a long way with Jerry because I was graduated with his son, Mario. Okay, right. My one right. big memory I have of Jerry is one time we had a, I was over at his house for a sleepover for Mario's birthday and we're playing around outside. I don't know how old I was, seven, eight, nine, ten. who knows? We're running around outside and from around the car pops this freaky monster with a mask on, oh. scares the absolute... <laughs> poop out of us 10 little boys we just go scattering screaming like little girls turns out nice it's jerry colson it was jerry in a mask given the fright of the <laughs> of our young boys lives oh, that's great that's great every time i th- see jerry I, that's like my one memory i have i don't know why i remember that but that's funny cool so we've got a fun little conversation with jerry right on enjoy no but i was just a pull up yourself by the bootstraps Christian. Christian, right? And that was how I gave my testimony, right? Like, I was like, God's gift to men. <laughs> okay. I was very proudful. Yeah. You know, and I and I treated people that way too, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you need to get right with God. You know, it's only the last dozen years I realized you can't get right with God, right? There's, you can only be transformed. Mm-hmm. And it just, um, you know, because I would use Cornelius. In Acts, you know, yeah, how that God chose him because he was a righteous man, right? And, yeah, and he was a Gentile, but of course he he's the only one in all of Scripture. <laughs> and obviously, the reason there was because Peter otherwise wouldn't have gone. Yeah, and uh, then when you read Paul's, I'm uh, reading Corinthians. I told you the other day, and it's like when you read read the Corinthians. I mean, they were just it's chaos, heathens, right? Yeah. Total chaos. They were still heathens yeah. <laughs> when he was writing them. And it's like, okay, there's a lot of grace here, right, that I'm not getting. You know, even still, it's 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 new to me mm-hmm. because you got all this threads of teaching. And, you know, it, and it's there too, right, in the Christian world. It's just, totally. you know, you're, you hear that from the pulpit, you know, get right with God. Yeah. What it says in Scripture is repent. 
right? And not even in the repent in the manner of which we speak and say it sometimes, right? Mm. Yeah, it's just anyway. So long process to get where I am. So tell us about then. So were you born in a Christian family? Where'd you 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 were you came from Quebec? Did you come from Quebec? No. Were you born in Quebec? No, no Quebec. I think you think are you thinking Suzanne? <laughs> Alberta. Was she? I, I don't know what I'm Quebec thinking to of. Alberta, but, but anyway, yeah, she went Quebec <clears throat> to Alberta, but yeah. you're Alberta, right? Why did I think I, Quebec? I don't know. I was born in Ontario, Windsor, Sick. Ontario. Oh, okay. Born in Ontario, Windsor, Ontario. Windsor, Ontario. Okay, so it's one province over. Yeah, and then uh, you were close. <laughs> yeah. You just take a consolation prize. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I get a participation. participation. Thanks for coming participation. out. Participation. Yeah. Born yeah. in Windsor, Christian born family. In Windsor, Catholic. Catholic family. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I was actually an altar boy. Nice. That's what I call myself here at CTK. Do you? I'm the altar boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In jest. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> they can't see my face right now yeah. in terms of my response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Christian undertones, of course. Sure. Um, certainly no teaching of grace in the sense that we understand it. Yeah. Um, I think more so maybe now, but, you know, certainly not when I was growing up. Yeah. You know, confession was sort of a mandatory thing. I used to do that every Saturday. Okay. You know, go out and confess all the things I did and do my... Go do them again? Go do my (laughs) Hail Marys and my Our Fathers as as penance. Okay. Because see, you had to do penance, right? Because yeah. you had your earn your way back to God. Well, right, right. there is the wrong teaching, right? Right, yeah. Now, so pen- it's like bred into you from a child. Oh, absolutely. Penance is like, uh, what's penance? Like if you, like you're... So you've done a wrong. Yeah. You know, First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, raise faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But Catholic Church would insert somewhere in the middle there, once you've done your penance, you know, you, you have to do something... A good work. A good work okay. to earn back God's right. favor. Right. Right. Not just turn away from it. And uh, and then, yeah, you're right. Leave the... Leave the... Uh, confession Confession booth. booth and, yeah. and then off I'll go for the next week. And right. Do yeah. all those things again. Right. right. Yeah. And I'll get it right on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you see that in the movies portrayed about Catholic, you know, like, the Sopranos, which was a big show mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. right? You see the Catholicism in there, where you know they're they all go to church and they do all the Catholic stuff, but in the meantime they're gangsters and shooting and killing and right, you know. But as long as they go to church and make those confessions, you know, yeah, yeah, it's just. So growing up in the Catholic Church, no sense of a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, I can't say I learned that. I guess. Did in, you understand the gospel? Do you think? I no, I didn't understand the gospel. Yeah, I'm still learning the gospel. Sure, <laughs> fair enough. And more the last ten, fifteen years, it's been much more clear. Um, I always prayed. I can't remember a time in my life I wasn't praying to God. Um, we were, of course, taught to pray with an intermediary. With, with Mary, right? Yeah. Which, of course, is opposed to Christ, right? Because 
he's her advocate with the father and not not the but yeah i would just i just remember always being praying um you know something was going wrong in life i would just cry out to god mm-hmm. usually things like losing money or something you know help yeah. me find my money <laughs> yeah I mean, I was just a kid at the time. There wasn't a whole lot going on, but it was around 12 or something. Something was stirring in my heart. And um, I kind of decided I wanted to become a priest. Oh, really? In the Catholic Church at that point. Um, because I was yearning for that relationship. I, I believe now that's what that was. I was yeah. yearning for the relationship. God was putting a call on my life. And because of my background, what I knew, my experiences, that was the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that didn't ever happen, but but there definitely was a journey that began there that led me to a point where uh, I guess I was confronted by God. Okay. In a sense, yeah. And you helped me to remember that actually more recently. I think I told you about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I, re- I do remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, I was in Kelowna then. I was about uh, fifteen years old, and I just—I think I had just come off work. I, I've—it's a long time ago. I don't remember exactly, but I came around the corner of the, the street, and there's this uh, Jesus people that were on the streets there in Kelowna at the time, and this girl was there, and. Uh, I really don't remember what she said. I just know I was really confronted with the prospect of hell Mm. and damnation and eternity without God. Mm -hmm. And it really, really terrified me. And I sought these people out. I ended up living in a communal home with them. So I would say this is probably in July. And then by September, I'm living in this. I'm 15 years old. Left home. You've left home at 15. Left and home you at move 15. into a communal house. Right. The end of September, I quit one month into grade 10 at school, and I moved into this Jesus People communal house in Kelowna. Okay. Wow. Um, so, w- like, you moved from Windsor to Kelowna? Sorry. Or? Sorry. My family moved. Oh, that you're already My in family moved to BC Everyone. when I was about 10. Okay. Then we moved to Calgary for five years. And then when we moved, then we moved back uh, into BC into Kelowna. Okay. So I had been in in Kelowna about a year at that point. Okay. So then you moved out to your house, quit school altogether, quit, quit high school, school, high school. Wow. Yeah, that's my formal education. One month. Grade, grade. ten. Yes. Really? Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. But you learned math because you do bookkeeping. I learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did go to college later in life. Yeah. Yeah. Got my GED as well yeah. when I was about 30, but um, yeah, formal education, I quit. So then, you, you meet these people in Kelowna, hear a, a message of the gospel, yeah. and you join them mm-hmm. in this communal house. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? Well, we're all sleeping all over the floors. There's a lot of, <laughs> lot of people. There was probably about... True, I'd say 24, 28 people living in there. Wow. This What's li- the like average house? age? Like, are they all young? Um, yeah, they would be in their 20s to 30s. Okay. For the most part, I would have been the youngest at yeah. 15. 
um, yeah, twenties to thirties. Was one one fellow was a little older, maybe forty-ish, but yeah. And that was a yeah. good experience. Uh, it was an experience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's one word you could use. <laughs> um, we had. I don't remember the fellow who led the house at the time. He had gone to a Bible college out here in the valley, met his wife, and they were kind of overseeing it. But then there were the other. There's other two hippie guys, Herman and I've forgotten the other fellow's Herman. name. Herman. Herman, yeah. And they somehow got linked up with the uh, children of God. Okay. And it was in its early days. Okay. The It was a Pentecostal minister from down in Texas. Yeah. Changed his name to Moses David. Yes. And uh, initially they were preaching the gospel. But they started to get really odd. And I just remember Herman came to the house one time and He's got this um, tract, it was called Mountain Women. And it was all about how women should dress. And it was like, it just didn't sit right with me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, not, I'm just, you know, novice, newborn Christian, really, you know, don't know much. But it's just something didn't sit right with me about this thing. And it was, you know, this thing goes on and it talks about their flowing skirts and you know, it was just, I don't know, it was just really odd. Yeah. And um, and then the next tract, I don't even remember what the next tract was about. I just know it was really weird. And it was at that point that I talked to some people I knew that were outside the house that were Christians, and they counseled me to leave. And I'd also had a dream. And this is what I recalled. Okay, yeah. Just right, more recently. Yeah, 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 yeah is this dream I had, and the house was surrounded by this storm. Lightning and things just, you know, it was just, it was dark. And I just, I sensed in the dream like a voice to say, you know, leave. And that's what I did. I did leave. Um, it wasn't long after they took over that ministry, I guess, in that house, these these two guys, Herman and this other fellow, and the other couple had left, and it became a children of God place, and I won't get into the details. But what that was people were involved were with by that. They were a cult. Yeah. Yeah. No, they went off in a real bad direction. Yeah. Yeah. So when you left, was it like, was it like hard to leave? Like, were you pretty ingrained in community and? fellowship and stuff there or like was there pressure not to leave um because when i imagine a communal house it's like you know and that kind of atmosphere it's like hey you don't leave this kind of group here uh, or was it that forcefulness hadn't yet okay. arrived because okay. definitely if you get into a cult it becomes like that yeah yeah but that had just been introduced okay right so there really wasn't that much pressure i mean there was certainly the oh you're making a mistake right. kind of thing right but i just i just felt after the counsel i'd received from this other couple and the dream that i'd had that i had i had to leave um and ended up back at home mm. okay with my parents yeah um and that was really 
the beginning and end of my Christian experience at that point. It wasn't uh, till a couple of years later that I got back on track, I guess. You just, so you just weren't, you stopped walking with the Lord during those years? Well, I didn't really learn how to walk with the okay. Lord, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just baptized out in the Okanagan Lake in October, and it was probably November when this occurred that I left the place. Okay. You know, there was no real instruction. The only instruction was coming through these this cultish paraphernalia now, right? And so, yeah, no, I just left. Um, uh, yeah, I ended up a couple times went back to the Catholic Church there in Kelowna with my mom. and But, yeah, I fell off the wagon, as it were, I guess, mm-hmm. and in a very big way, yeah. Yeah, I became very angry, very distraught, and um, was a pretty vile human being. Yeah, for for a few years. Yeah. How the Lord get a hold of you? Well, I started to feel again a sense. I was about um, just approaching my 18th birthday, 17 at the time. Holy cow, a lot has happened in... I know. Just, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're only 18? <laughs> yeah, I'd been hitchhiking wow. across the country about f- maybe six or seven times in those two years. Wow. And, wow. And, yeah, all kinds of things, but... So you're coming up on your 18th birthday. Coming up on my 18th birthday, and I was living in Calgary at that point. It was with uh, my sister and brother-in-law living there, their home. And a friend of mine, uh, he wanted to go down to Pitcher Creek and visit a cousin of his. So we hitchhiked south down to Pincher Creek and we're visiting his cousin and we were just walking along the streets there and there's this young guy you know the story but that's why I'm smiling it's a good story this young guy comes starts approaching us and I'm like everything in me hates this guy oh and I literally am now clenching my fists not to kill him to stop myself from killing him because I'm just like, that's how I feel. Wow, that's quite a reaction. It is a real Never reaction. seen this guy before, just walking Never down the street. Never seen this before. He's walking okay. down the street. He's, at this point, maybe 10 meters away from us. Yeah. And even before, and all of a sudden, my friend's cousin says, oh, yeah, it's my, it's my friend, you know, blah, blah, oh. blah. And he comes up and he's talking and I, I literally have to step back because I wanted to pulverize this guy. And finally, they're over their conversation. I was quite grateful for that, and he left. And, and then my friend's cousin says uh, to my, my friend, he says, Ah, oh, you know, he, he's okay, but he's a Christian. Oh. My heart sunk. I knew what this meant, that there was something really wrong going on inside of me. And I made a vow right then and there to go back to where I'd first discovered Christ back in Kelowna and get right with God. Um, We then hitchhiked back to Calgary. Our first ride out of Pincher Creek was with two uh, uh, indigenous guys from Washington, the state of Washington. 
and they were kind of radicalized, you know, about getting back their lands, and they start talking to the two of us in this form, and it's like suddenly we're looking at each other. We're pretty terrified at this point. <laughs> and then they say, you know, like, yeah, we're thinking, you know, we just probably ought to just ditch you guys here and do away with you. you know? What? <laughs> I'm serious. This is the conversation going on in the front seat. And we're like, so then I speak up. I said, well, you know, because my friend, he's, his father's quarter Indian, right? Like native. So I explain this to the guys like, you know, we're not um, in opposition to what your concerns are, but, you know, we're just we're just a couple of teenagers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what you trying to get old, man? <laughs> and so they pull over in the middle of nowhere on the highway out of Pincher Creek. And, and then they just said, get out. We got out. <laughs> and they took off. I mean, I was just terrified. Of course, my friend was terrified. We finally got another ride, got back to Calgary. But <laughs> wasn't long after I left my sisters and moved back to my parents again in Kelowna. And uh, soon forgot my vow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Within weeks, I just, you know, got a job. Life was comfortable. Just bought a car, you know maybe a few weeks before my 18th birthday now, and it's like, you know, life's looking pretty good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, the vow just sort of disappeared. But God has his ways. I'm sitting in the gas station one day and uh, where I was working, and this this guy walks in, very simple-minded fellow probably in his mid-30s a couple of kids out in the car you know I had already filled his car I just waiting for him to pay but he's just standing there talking <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like really annoyed um, while he's talking and smiling because he's a client a customer and I'm thinking in the back of my mind like this guy just shut up and leave you know like Back then, my language was a little bit more colorful than that. <laughs> um, anyway, he did finally leave. I was quite relieved to see him leave. Um, and then uh, that night, um, wow, should have had a box of Kleenex here. But, um, that night, I was asleep, and... Suddenly, I was awoken. Some might say it was a dream, but I believe I was awoken. And I had a vision of this fellow. Like he was right there. And telling me that he was an angel, having been sent by God. And he knew all of what I had thought while he was there. And exposed my heart. And then he was gone. And then I'm suddenly getting up out of the bed. But I look back, I see myself lying there. 
you know, leave the room and I walk down the hall. And at the end of that hall in Kelowna, there was a, a mirror. But I'm not seeing an image in the mirror. I'm walking down the hall. And I turn to the right. And as I turn, all of a sudden there's like this funnel opens up. And the presence of evil was like nothing I've ever felt before. And I feel myself being drawn and like something grab my left hand, my left arm, and start drawing me into this. And I know this is the abyss. And I just cried out. And I reached out my right hand. I said, save me, Jesus. Immediately, I was sitting up in bed. Wow. And renewed my vow. And a lot of the fellows that I worked with at this gas station, they went to a Christian church in um, downtown Evangel Tabernacle. It was a Pentecostal Assemblies Church downtown Vancouver, or Kelowna. Anyway, I went to, um, told them the next day, it was like a Saturday or whatever. I said, I'm going to, you know, where's your church? And I want to go. And these guys have been going there for years. They were like, you know born into the Pentecostal church and um, in, in their terms they were backslidden you know doing all the things they're not supposed to be doing or whatever but um, nonetheless they go to the services there and um, I don't know if they invited me or told me what time or whatever and I went to the evening service and back then the evening service at the Pentecostal church was uh, was an outreach service and the gospel was preached. It was preached by a young uh, pastor there, David Kellerman. And then the altar call was made. And I went to get up, and my other one friend, he kind of grabbed my shoulder to pull me back down. Oh, really? <laughs> he did. He did. And I'm like, I said, no, I'm going. And I, I just all but ran up there and fell down and... You know, I don't know what terms to use, rededicated or whatever, just gave myself to the Lord. And um, it was just, yeah, an amazing experience. Um, I left at the end of the service, and it was interesting because there was one part in my life when I was at that house that was my hold on me. And the Lord pinpointed it that night as I walked out the church. I'm just standing out front near the sidewalk. And, and God says to me, he says, what about those? And I know right what he's talking about. It's the cigarettes in my pocket. No. And I don't mean this to say that everybody who becomes a Christian needs to quit smoking. Yeah, I just, it, right. was, it was whatever reason that was what was an idol to me three years earlier and was still... A problem and so I just reached in that pocket I crumpled them up I threw them in the bushes um, I had no withdrawal awesome. Wow! no withdrawal and I had tried to quit before and I had a lot of withdrawal because uh, I was smoking about pack and a half a day at that point um, been smoking since I was 11 years old um, yeah 
And then I went to work the next week. Um, didn't think too much about it till several years later when one of these friends I was talking to, um, he was having some trouble in his relationships and relationships with God. And I was, his mom had encouraged me to give him a call. We're in our early 20s now. And so I gave him a call and he told me not to worry about him at the end. He said, he says he knows God is real because he saw the change in my life when I came to work that Monday. Awesome. He said, you swore like a sailor (laughs) (laughs) until then. And he said, there was such a dramatic change in you. You weren't swearing. You weren't doing the things you were doing. You weren't angry all the time. It was, it was like, I know God is real. I will find the Lord again. And that's how we ended that call. But so, yeah, that's what happened to me then. Began a long journey of unlearning learning the Catholicism, but while I was unlearning the Catholicism, unfortunately I was learning a lot of religious Protestant teachings and I've had like to unlearn what? a lot like of those. What? <laughs> like what, Jerry? Yeah. Well, you know, those concepts that, you know, um, get right with God. Yeah. You know, that's a common one that you hear and um, it's not meant to be repent. It's like I remember being taught sometimes, like, you know, well, you need to make some changes in your life and, you know, and then you'll be right with God. And it's like, and so then, you know, I I just trusted that it was right and accepted that. And, um, I've just found a lot of the teachings I'm starting to learn were conflicting with what I knew was wrong in Catholicism, but all of a sudden they seemed to be on par with it and it was a little disturbing and took me many years to to realize until really about 15 years back that I began to understand and learn God's grace Uh, uh, it was a book by Chuck Swindoll Mm -hmm. uh, about grace at the time and um, uh, yeah it was and then I became involved with a group called uh, Journey Canada uh, to deal with sexual addictions and things. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of that teaching there as well about grace. And I became to understand that I wasn't God's gift to men in terms of my (laughs) spirituality. Yeah. The pride that I held up at that point that, you know, I had done these things to to get where I was on my own and begin to realize that this is God's gift, that we don't do anything to deserve this and that it's not by any works we do. And and, uh, because up to that point, I was pretty boastful about, you know, what was happening in my life and not so much boastful of the Lord, but boastful of myself and Mm -hmm. thinking that I had somehow come alongside of this and done these things on my own. Now, boastful of just every aspect of life? Or like... Oh, 
or just even coming to the Lord or what, what was like boastful work, money? No, it was my spiritual life, spirituality. Yeah. You know, I took credit for spiritual growth. Okay. And that it was of my own choice and doing. Right. Um, in all honesty, I mean, when I would share that with some of the groups I was with, there was, nobody would call me on it. Right. It was quite well accepted and often taught. And I realized that that's just not the gospel. Mm-hmm. Right? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? And uh, it's only God's love that brings us to this place, right? That that yearning that I had when I was 12, the desire to have that relationship with God that came from God. It didn't come from me, Mm -hmm. right? But that's how I perceived it for a long time is that it came from me. And so I'm so thankful and grateful to God for unweaving that and opening up the scriptures to me in a way that I can understand them from the true perspective of God's gospel. So from around that time, like you did the altar call and stuff, did you read, have you, how was your Bible reading and stuff back then? Like, like you responded to an altar call. Did you ever read your Bible? I read the Bible a lot. You did? Okay. A lot. Yes, I did. Um, yeah. Couldn't get enough of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. And did that kind of start after responding to Jesus or was that even before like early years? No, that was pretty much right after that evening. Okay. At the yeah. Pentecostal church in Kelowna. A desire to read the Bible. Desire to read that. the Bible. Yes, absolutely. Um, and understanding in many ways, right? Cause you hear people who aren't Christian talk about the Bible and it's <laughs> like, you don't understand Yeah, because you don't have the spirit, right? In Corinthians, Paul writes to us that very thing. Mm-hmm. And so you can't explain it. You know, sometimes you can't even put words. So you would sense in your heart, the soul, God's teaching, but you can't even express it sometimes because it's it's deep calls to deep. And, and there's just no no expression in the human tongue, I think. Um so yeah, I, I had a definite experience in terms of reading. I did go to the pastor, the one that led me to the Lord that that, that night at the church. Uh, he was a youth pastor. Um, I was going to him all the time, and but it came to a point. He said, "It was just you, you know, you, there's not much I could do for you." <laughs> and I'm like, "Really?" And like. I didn't understand that response. I knew inside me there was something more, right? There just, it can't be you just go to the altar and that's it. So uh, I began to pursue more things, spiritual things. But unfortunately, many of those things were, were again, bad teachings, um, you know, from the pit, as the scripture says, many of them. Um, bolstering self, right? Not presenting the simple gospel. And it's like, 
that's what's so amazing to me more recently is this is so simple. Yeah. Right? Um, there is no deep meanings here. What are we doing? Looking for these deep meanings. That's what I was doing because I was trying to fill something in myself rather than coming to a, a right relationship. And not even a right relationship in terms of righteous behavior, but just having a genuine relationship with God. And that's what I've begun to experience in the last three, four years. Well, it's just over four years I came here, but more so in the last couple of years when I began the discipleship course. Yeah. Is to, oh, that's what a relationship with God is like. You know, it's not just me on the other end doing things, right? There's an actual relationship here. And I didn't didn't experience that. And to be told way back then that, you know, there wasn't much that they could do for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was actually under I could tell from that answer actually that I was annoying him by showing up so often. Right. Um but yeah. So it was great going through the discipleship program here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Jerry, you're one of the recent, most recent graduate graduates. class. <laughs> graduate <laughs> class of the Navigators 2-7 books, yeah. right? So you've done three books, three sessions. What, yeah. what was it again, Matt? How much? 33 weeks. 33 when, weeks. Yeah, when you go through those three books, it's 33 weeks. It's 29 scripture passages that are memorized it's accountability on your daily quiet time and i would say you know a half day of prayer that you do together with your group there's probably more than 40 hours 40 plus hours of personal bible study and accountability on all that stuff it's just it's been awesome it has been yeah absolutely yeah when i saw that on the certificate 33 weeks i thought what yeah <laughs> i yes. had no idea like yeah it's all in the last two years right yeah so yeah a third of my time in the last you two years were working has been devoted on, on yeah. this. I had no idea that it was Which uh, is like something kinda kinda like what you were missing as a young Christian, right? Absolutely. Is what it sounds like, right? Of just absolutely. the sense of discipleship of we're not called to just be Christians and do whatever, but you know we're gonna open up the Bible. That's a good gonna idea, gonna isn't it? Open up the Bible because it like this kinda hit me like the other day. I was um, contemplating this and what's different for me. And it's like, it's the Great Commission, right? Mm -hmm. And you often see this one verse posted, verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. You'll see that posted in all kinds of churches. Sure. You'll hear it preached about all the time. Yeah. But what was missing, you're right, is verse 20. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Yeah. And that is what's sorely missing in the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really is. Yeah. And I wish that had been the answer I received right. when I was 18. Yeah. Uh -huh. Let me teach you. Yeah, and I, I love that. Like, um, 
because I, I often say this in terms of our discipleship classes and different things, um, sometimes when we're talking about this subject, that you're born into the kingdom, but you're made into a disciple. Those are two different processes. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, you, you know, there's something spiritual that happens. You are regenerated. You are born again, made righteous before God through the work, the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and cleansed from sin by his blood, born into the kingdom, born of the Spirit. But you're made into a disciple, right? And that's a that's a a, a process, a lifetime yeah. process of following Christ, and yeah. it is something that can be sorely lacking in terms of instruction and help. What is it? What is it to be a disciple? What does it look like? Well, even the first part, which you talked about, what happens to you at the point of new birth, right? When you read Paul's, you know, when he's admonishing the Corinthians that you're still, you know, children, right? right. He points that out. Yeah. He says, they're still learning those very basic points. There's this process of maturity. And so we need to learn those points too, right? We need right. to be taught. Just because that happened to us doesn't mean that we know what happened to us. Right. And that's what happened in, in, in my sense. That I didn't know this was a process of grace. And so I took, took that as something that I had done. And in many ways, that was allowed to, you know, when I would talk to people, that was allowed to be spoken of and, and, and encouraged sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And I've been saying that for years, because it was when I remember reading Swindoll's book. And then going with Journey Canon, I've been saying that in my head for years, but like I said on Sunday there, a week or back or so, that it's become the intellect of my heart. Mm. It's in the depths of my soul that I know I had nothing to do with it. And it was completely God's love mm. and desire for me that drew me there. Mm. Yeah. Christ and Christ alone. Yeah. Give me goosebumps, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cool to hear someone. Uh, it's just cool to hear someone realize, hey, like just confess that, like, hey, man, Jesus did all this for me. It's not yeah. of my own doing. Yeah. And it's just it's a simple on the surface. It's a simple thing to say, mm. but in reality, it's like it's a big deal. It is a it big is. deal to come yeah. to the recognition that it's all Jesus. And gra yeah. grace is like that, right? Like grace is not something that you ascend to intellectually. I don't know quite how to say this, but it's like you have to, I, I think it was, it wasn't the Colson book, but I think it was um, Swindoll, right? I think uh, he had a book called Grace Awakening or something well, that's, along that's, those lines. That's, is that the book? Okay. That's the book. Okay, yes. that's the book. That's yeah. the book I'm talking about. Yeah, and it's like like great grace is like that. Like yeah. you it, it it is a revelation of the spirit to uh your your spirit. Yeah. You it's not an intellectual ascent. And whenever whenever you talk about grace with someone who you're like, wow, this person has got a sense of the grace of God and they tell you, I say, you know, or maybe you're having a conversation, you discover where that came from or how that came in their life. It was, it was not an intellectual mountain 
that they climbed. It was no. a revelation that came to them from the Spirit of God, and through look, the Word of God. Typically. Look at Swindoll. He was, he was in his 50s. Really? I don't even know he, that story. He, I haven't read that book. Yeah, he, you know, renowned preacher. and Totally. He has this grace awakening experience. Yeah. You know, totally changed his ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Because it is. It's different than just the a letter for sure yeah it's the spirit of it and, yeah and again that's something that's so hard to put into words yeah right yeah that there's a difference and if we don't come alongside of people and disciple them i don't see another process that will work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay one of the things we like to do at the end usually mm-hmm. as we're nearing the end of our time together here <laughs> um, is we say, hey, someone comes to you and says, hey, Jerry, you got a minute, two minutes to tell me what the gospel's all about. You talk about Jesus. I want to know about Jesus in a minute or two. <laughs> a minute or two? Yeah, a minute, a minute. or two. Wow. Can you give it to me? And then I'll decide... <laughs> but they're asking for a gospel message in a minute or two. If someone's listening to this and they go, hey, I'm just about to shut this off in one minute or two minutes because I'm tired of listening to these guys blabber on. And you say, just wait, listen to this one or two minute gospel presentation. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? Yes. So we have all fallen short of God's glory. Uh, what is what his, what his desire was? for mankind and as such we have a penalty to pay and there's no way out we are destined to pay that penalty except that god chose to pay that penalty for us and he did that through his own son so christ while we were still sinners died for us he paid that penalty and and so that's why we have the old and new testament because essentially it's the covenant we have the old covenant and now we're under a new covenant it's like in hebrews it talks about the will the you know um, nothing happens until the writer of the will dies who wrote the will god wrote the will and hebrews tells us christ as god died and that will has been fulfilled, and now we're in the new will, New Testament, um, covered. It's hard to understand, except in biblical terms, about Passover lambs and blood. And, but the Passover lamb, or Pascal, uh, Christ, is who's washed us and cleansed us from sin for no other reason other than he has put his finger on you. And if you're listening to this, and you feel in any sense God's call on your life, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God calling you and desiring you to come to that place of repentance where you will accept God's offer of the gift of Christ so that if you receive Christ, you will be saved from that penalty 
And so those who decide to receive that in this time, in this life, will not come under judgment, but you have passed from death into life. And there's no more glorious place to be. It comes with many trials, tribulations, but there's just more, no more glorious place to be. I, I experienced depression most of my life, and I've never been happier than I have been in the last numbers of weeks. Um, just because the assurance I have in my heart mm. yeah. that is so firm that I have passed from death into life. And that's what you can do too. I'm in. <laughs> Sold. Cool. That's great. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been. that was fun it's good to chat with jerry about discipleship i i enjoy that about his story like just what's happened for him in the last number of years is um he's had some help with discipleship it's cool yeah it's encouraging yeah like it, it truly did like i said at one point there it gave me goosebumps when he like kind of said that confession of faith and it was like um yeah i really did get goosebumps hearing him confess jesus and just what the discipleship training has done for him to go from a young man who was full of himself to realizing through uh, teaching and training to become a disciple what he can now say and admit right now. Yeah. It's very good. It is. I, I felt encouraged to keep on pressing on with discipleship by that. And so that's a blessing. So I hope you all enjoyed that. And uh, if you're interested in discipleship, you should reach out to us here at the church. Talk to me or Blake. and Yeah, we've got resources, too. Yeah. If you're not from the church, if yeah. you're not in Gibsons and CTK, we got resources we can send you. Yes. Um, if you are at CTK, we're going to continue on with the discipleship training. We are? Yes, we, we are. are. This fall. Confirmed. Yeah. So uh, hopefully... Hopefully that encouraged you to encourage me again, too, because I haven't been even in the discipleship training. You do a lot of uh, memorizing scripture. Yes. And when I did the discipleship stuff, I went through all that and I memorized scripture. But you know how I just you just fall off the wagon a little bit. So, yeah, even hearing Jerry there talk about how many scripture verses everyone memorized and stuff, it encouraged me again to get back into like, hey, memorizing scripture is good. And, and all the stuff you do in the discipleship training is so helpful. Totally. You know, even when we asked him about, like, what is the gospel? I could hear him. Totally. I could hear him articulating everything right out of if you've been the through, coursework that we've done. Yeah, if you've been through the Navigator's yeah. books, you'll have recognized a bunch of verses that he was able yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. He, was in, he was quoting verses without quoting verses. Yeah, it was and, awesome. Yeah, it was good. So Sweet. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Right on. <laughs>